Good evening. It is Across the Tracks podcast. Couple days after the fact that it was called. It was called. It was called. <laughs> I am Steve. And I am Wayne back for another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. And we're a few days after Election Day 2020. And yes, uh, it was called. Um, what was it? It was called uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday. The, the verdict came in. And depending on where you find yourself today, you're either excited or you're a little disappointed. So uh, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Joe Biden is the president elect uh, winning 279 electoral votes. And Kamala Harris is Madam Vice President elect. Hallelujah. (laughs) So that's 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 huge. That is huge. And uh, we're on the cusp of a of a new uh, new administration, and hopefully uh, some things are going to change uh, here in the country and and unite people and change this toxic atmosphere that we're dealing with these days. So uh, it is a good day in America, a great day to be alive, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've got some history being made, and going back to the beginning of this. You know, I was in my uh, garage changing the oil in my little Chevy Cruze, and I had on one of the cable channels, and I had it piped through my stereo that I have out in the uh, garage, and I'm just crawling out from underneath there, getting ready to put oil in there, and at exactly, I looked at my watch, at exactly 1126 Zulu time. Oh, Zulu time. <laughs> I like that. Zulu time. <laughs> uh, it for, was, now, it now, was called. Threw something in there. Now, some folks <laughs> tuning in, they might not know what Zulu time is. So you might want to share to folks what Zulu time is. <laughs> Isn't that the time for those folks over there in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> some folks might think that. Some folks might think that. Zulu time is military time. And uh, <laughs> uh, we used it, you and I, since we were in the military, we had to use uh, that that form of communications between us and the regular military. So Zulu time, to make make it simple, is uh, mili- the way military time is, is, uh, is told. So yeah, yeah. at 11.26 a.m., uh, uh, it was called the projection that uh, Vice President Biden had won the state of Pennsylvania, giving him 20 electoral votes and putting him over the top of being the president-elect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was um, I'd been out walking and, uh, you know, to go back on the on the Zulu time, I think um, we we used it. Yeah. Military thing was Z time, yep. uh, you know, based on Greenwich, uh, Greenwich yep. mean time. Yep. So uh, we we yeah, that's a that's a military thing. So but I was out. I had been out walking and came back, jumped in the shower and came out. So it was about nine. It was 11 for you. It was about nine twenty six, nine twenty seven or so. 
um, flashed across the TV that um, that Biden had reached the threshold. And so uh, I was like, wow, it's finally over. (laughs) Finally, you know, so um, excited, of course. I I think this is going to be great for the country, man. I truly do. And we're going to get into that uh, a bit more later. But, uh, you know, I I think it was one of those. I think you mentioned we were texting offline yesterday. Uh, You mentioned that this might be like a, quote, Kennedy moment. You know, where were yes. you when JFK uh, was assassinated? Where were you when when Biden reached the electoral threshold, electoral vote threshold? Uh, so that's what we're rehashing, uh, you know, where we were. We'll remember this because this was truly an important election. Uh, by, I mean, very important, uh, probably the most important election in our lifetime and probably a lot of, a lot of other folks' lifetime uh, in lieu of what was at stake. And the the situation the country's currently in, and where are we going from here? So uh, this this is why this is important. So that's that's where I was. That's where you were crawling out from under your car, changing the oil. So so yes, it is official now. So we'll we'll get into some other aspects, but um, it is a great day indeed. Great day. So yep. the most the most. Votes in any election in American history. Yep. And the the person that didn't win had over seventy four million votes. I mean seventy three million votes. Yep. Yep. And so, I mean it, that right there gives you how significant this election was that so many people turned out, which is a good thing. Yes. You yes. know the people. The people literally spoke yes the people spoke um even though there was some uh you know some things going on to keep people from speaking i think people made a conscious decision that come hell or high water we are going to vote and um you know we're not going to be stopped we're not going to be deterred and um the the people came out uh in masses this year uh to cast their vote so that is a great thing it's great for democracy and um you know, regardless of what's being said, uh, that things were rigged or whatnot, um, I, you got to produce that. You you got to show evidence that something crooked went on uh, in the fact that the country allows people to vote, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Folks had to vote certain ways, which this was this was different. We're in the midst of a pandemic. So people did more mail in, more absentee. And then there were some folks who said, you know what, I'm going to the polls in person and cast my vote. Yeah. So, um, you know, people have been, you know, throwing this rigged, it's stolen and all this other crap. I mean, you know, un- unless you got proof that people are cheating, then you need to shut up. And and sit down and let let's move on to a peaceful transition. So we're we're going to see what's going to unfold in the days ahead. Uh, the current occupant is not conceded yet, and something tells me he probably never will concede because that's just who he is. And as we were texting yesterday back and forth, I'm like, for once in your life, man, do something decent. <laughs> you know, you you lost. It's quite evident you have lost. So in the midst of good sportsmanship. Pick up the phone, call the current president-elect, and congratulate him on running a great campaign. It's not that difficult, man, but we're not going to get that. You and I know that's not going to happen. 
Um, so here we are. Um, you know, waiting to see from all these frivolous lawsuits going on. Uh, and his ultimate goal is to get this in front of the Supreme Court because he think he has the court stacked in his favor. Um, that's where this is going to end up. And, and these folks are going to grant him his wish to throw out the results of the election. I do not believe that's going to happen. I think the folks on the court are smarter than that. And, um, Basically, what you're saying is that this election was rigged, it was stolen. You're casting dispersion on the reputations of a lot of folks that worked their ass off to count these votes uh, for, you know, the last six or seven days, however long it's been. You're tarnishing their reputation by saying these folks are crooked or whatnot. I mean, it's it's sad, man. It really is. Yep. And they're still counting the votes right now. We still have yep. uh, Nevada. We still have Arizona. Yeah. Uh, that's all out there. They're counting those votes. So, yeah. Um, it's I I think it's a new time because so many people use the um, the mail-in ballot. Yep. That um, it, some states have been using the mail-in ballots for years, and the the states that want wanted to do voter suppression, uh, they were the ones that said, yes, we can use mail-in ballots. However, you can't start counting the ballots until after the election. Right, right. And so right. that's why there's been such a, a big right. delay. Right. And I think that will probably be corrected by 2024 because oh, absolutely. Uh, it ended up it ended up hurting uh, the current occupant. Yep. But yep. you know, hey. the the most gratifying part of all of this is to see that person that is sitting on the train tracks and they feel the tracks starting to rumble. The train is approaching, and then suddenly they hear the train and then the next thing you know you see the train and then the next thing you know the train runs over your ass <laughs> that's what <laughs> the current occupant has been feeling since November 3rd yep Jumped out ahead. I'm in the lead. Let's call this right now. And the train kept coming. Yep. As yep. they say in tr track and field, he got slow walk down. Yep. 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 And um, can imagine. Can I don't mean to cut you off, but can oh. you imagine his psyche? Because I'm in the lead. I am leading I'm up by so many hundreds of thousands. And then the next day, I'm up by a few hundred thousand less. And then the next day, I'm up by a, a few thousand less. And then the next day, oh, shit, I'm behind. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. I think oh, yeah. that would be traumatic for him. Yeah. 
It's 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 tremendously detrimental to your psyche, man. It's it's akin <laughs> to uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, a Louisville Duke game, and that was you know Zion Williamson was still playing for Duke. They had the those fabulous freshmen they had, uh, uh, Zion Williamson, Reddish, and uh, I forgot who the other one, uh, Barrett. Uh, and Louisville was kicking their behinds in Freedom Hall. I'm not Freedom Hall, the Yum Center. I'm, I'm going back away. He's going back, brother. Going back. But Louisville was kicking Duke's butt in the Yum Center, man. They were up double digits. And Duke came back on them, man, and just shell-shocked them. You know, so this is akin to that, man. You you think you got a comfortable lead. You're going to coast in. You're going to victory. You got the victory. And then, boom, you look up. And the opposing team, they're right out. They're right at the door. And so, um, yeah, I can't imagine, man. As my wife and I were talking last night, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. In the White House. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the White House, man. Or so, on the golf course when the yeah. announcement was made. Yep. How about that? Yeah. Now I, this, you got all this stuff going on. Yep. Your your presidency's in jeopardy. You know, you, the election is still going on, and he decides to go play golf. Yep, yep. But that's you know that's been his mo, man. When 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 things got rough, uh, when things that required his attention, uh, because you are the president of the United States, dude, you check out. And so this is no different, man. This is no different. And, uh, you know, folks were you know, on last night, a lot of his supporters, you know, well, you know, they, you should be treating the, the president like this. You know, he should keep. It's like, please. Hell yeah. Kick him when he's down. Kick <laughs> yeah. him. Because you've been what- kicking people for four years, treating people with disrespect, disparaging people every opportunity you get. And so you think people are going to go light on you now? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel sorry for him. Um, you know what? What you reap, you will sow. That's that's karma. That's the Bible. And you, you've you reaped a lot of dissent. You've reaped a lot of hatred and, and, and discontent throughout this country. You've called people names. You've called countries, people from those countries, shithole countries. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff, man. We could go down the list of stuff you, you've done that is uh, just flat out wrong. And so here now, when you're on the edge of losing we're suddenly supposed to feel sorry for you? I don't think so. <laughs> I yeah. don't think so. Kick his ass when he's down. And, <laughs> uh, and, and let's let's get him out of there. Pack your stuff up. And, and January the 20th at 12 noon, you got to go, my friend. You got to yeah. go. He'll be gone. I, I doubt if he'll, he'll go to the inauguration because he's, he's oh, petty no. like that. Right, he'll right. he'll he'll be down in Mar-a-Lago or yeah, whatever yeah. hell he's at. Yeah. But you know, one thing he did say last week is that if I lose this lo- lose this election, I'm going to have to leave the country. You remember him saying that? Yeah, I do remember that. Damn, yeah. he's still here. But hey, 
Ain't no country going to take you, man, because a lot of countries have COVID restrictions going on. They don't want Americans in their country. And you, <laughs> you of all, I mean, of all people, like, hell no, you ain't, you ain't coming into our country. Hell no. You know, you of all people, you know. Uh, citizen so, uh, number one. Yeah. So, um, so let's, let's table the election discussion for a bit. Uh, we, we need we need to segue. And you, and you mentioned something before. Uh, you mentioned a word that uh, here it is. The president's presidency is in jeopardy. And I think we ought to talk about something related to jeopardy. And that is the passing of a, of a television icon. Uh, Alex Trebek passed today, who was the co- the host of Jeopardy since 1984. And uh, I mean, I think you and I, we grew up on Jeopardy, um, yep. you know, back back in the day, the the original Jeopardy. We grew up watching that. And then I, 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 w- I always liked Jeopardy. I always liked to sit and try to answer the questions and whatnot yep. and bet my fictional money against those questions and whatnot. Uh, I had the Jeopardy app on my iPad. It was really cool. That had Alex on there as the host, and you, three, I mean, it was a really cool game. And I used to play it when we traveled. I'd be on the plane and I'd play Jeopardy for hours. You know, depending on how long the flight was. Uh, but uh, a television icon, man, and he uh, he lost his battle with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer um, today. So yeah. uh, I had a chance to meet him. Uh, several years ago, we were in Japan. I was stationed in Japan at the time, and Jeopardy was doing a tour of military bases in the in the Pacific, and uh, they were giving uh, military folks a chance to try out for the show. And so I I actually tried out for Jeopardy. I got past the first round, which are the I think those are the one hundred to two hundred, three hundred dollar questions. I did pretty good on those. Okay, but it got to that second round where the the values double. Uh, I didn't do too well, so I, I didn't make the cut after that. But uh, what a nice man, um, nice man, um, character, high class, uh, just a really nice man, and and he'll be missed um, hosting that show, man. I'm not yeah. sure what lies ahead, uh, but uh, I, I will miss uh, Miss Alex being on Jeopardy and tuning in every night watching that. Your thoughts on uh, Alex Trebek? Yeah, I mean, I. I kind of go along with what you said and, and all of that. And Lynn and I, we still watch Jeopardy today. You know, yep. even with the COVID stuff, we still <laughs> watch Jeopardy and Will of Fortune. And it, he's going to be a, a hard to replace because he's been there for so long. Yep, yep. And the thing, I don't know if you know this or not, I, I may be thinking this wrong, but I think Jeopardy started on a different channel. Yes, it and did. Then it, and then it moved to NBC, I think it is. And if you notice, when Alex Trebek first started Jeopardy, he had a mustache. Yep, yep. And <laughs> if you notice, in the mid-80s or so, uh, it moved to NBC, and then suddenly Alex Trebek's mustache was gone. Yep, yep. And I, I think, think I think I think it's on ABC now. A- ABC. It's no. on ABC. Yeah. 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 But I think they have a policy that there's no facial hair. Ah, didn't know that. 
Yeah, I think so, because if you remember, we'll talk about Bill Cosby. Remember, Cosby always had a mustache and so on. Yep, yep. And then he moved his his show, changed, and he moved to a different uh, show. And no one on those on that uh, channel or those stations had facial hair. Wow. Oh, interesting. Uh, s- small things that I, I maybe I'm seeing this the wrong way. But when he changed, changed, he lost his mustache, which was a signature for him yeah. <laughs> for probably a decade or more. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't know who's going to um, replace him as the host of Jeopardy. Yeah. Somebody will because the show is such an icon that there will be a lot of people in the – Seven seven thirty hour, five five thirty hour your time mm-hmm. that will miss that show because it lets you, it gives you a a a taste of history and the categories are things that you didn't know about or a lot of things that you do know about that it helps you out. You know, if if I was to ever be given a chance to do Jeopardy, I would probably be good at just about everything except when it got to literature. Yeah. <laughs> literature, yeah. I would probably bomb out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But all the other science and history and English yeah. and all that stuff, I'd be great at, you know, yeah. geography, all those <laughs> social sciences, man, I'd top notch. But yeah. some of the other things in the mathematics and uh, that would be tough on me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a iconic brand. <clears throat> and it's it's akin to uh, remember years ago, Bob Barker. Yes. Bob Barker was hosting The Price is Price Right. Is right. And yes. Bob Barker transitioned. And I think uh, Drew. Um, what is Carey. Drew? Drew Carey. Drew Carey took over as a host. I mean, it, it took a lot of getting used to not to see Bob Barker on that stage announcing, you know, telling people to come on down, whatever not. So I think Jeopardy well, is going to be the same way. It's going to take people a while. There there will be somebody following him. And it's going to take people a while to get used to seeing, not seeing Alex in that role. Right. But the brand itself, because he has made it such a household brand. I mean, coming in everybody's house every night. And again, people people just love the set. Again, you, you gain a lot of knowledge. Even if you don't know the answer, you pick up a lot of knowledge you know, from watching that show. So there will be another host. It's going to take some while to get used to. But as they say, the show must go on, and uh, it will. And uh, so we, we we have to remember Alex as he was. And again, I, I was it was I was grateful I got a chance to meet him. I think it was back in the eighties uh, when they did that tour uh, in the Pacific. So it was it was wow wow Alex Trebek you know wow it was huge yeah and uh, you 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 know those are things you remember man and again just a class act good guy good man. Uh, he'll definitely be missed. So rest rest in peace, uh, Mr. Alex Trebek. Rest Alex in peace. Trebek. Yes, sir. So. Rebound. <laughs> we got a rebound. We got a rebound. And we we going back to the topic that we had been chatting about. And I think we ought to, we ought, you know, now that Joe Biden is the president-elect, we need we need to talk about the aspect of what propelled him to this position. 
And I think we would agree that um, back during the primaries, he was pretty much dead in the water. He was dead in the water. He was floating on his back. (laughs) (laughs) He was floating on his back. Yeah. And had not it been for uh, Representative uh, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina endorsing him, we might have a different view uh, today of who either we might have a new president-elect or we could be stuck with what we currently have. So um, I, I saw that as huge, pivotal moment when Jim Clyburn came out and endorsed him right before the South Carolina primary. Uh, that was a game changer. Your, your, your thoughts on that? I agree 100% that Jim Clyburn is, he should be, he should be given a golden star because that endorsement uh, encouraged a lot of people in South Carolina to say that if Jim Clyburn, who is very, very popular, he's well-spoken, he is a, a leader in the U.S. Congress, he's the, probably one of the most respected men uh, that's in man in the House of Representatives. And when someone like that endorses you, then that carries a lot of clout. Yep. And, you know, the, Joe Biden didn't do well in Iowa. He didn't do well in uh, New Hampshire or Maine. And he just didn't do well. He was he was lethargic the first part of his campaign. He hadn't raised any money, hardly. And he was behind the eight ball. His yep. first his first. um uh, debate, he wasn't very good, and when he left uh, New Hampshire, he just gave up on New Hampshire and said, hey, I think I have a chance to um, win South Carolina, and then I'm going I'm to concentrate on South Carolina, and then Jim Clyburn gave him that endorsement. That was the catalyst yep. that sparked his run to the presidency, and without Jim, without Jim Clyburn, that wouldn't have that would not have happened. Yep, and absolutely. At, at that point, once you know, you once you start that with that small snowball, and you start rolling that snowball, and it starts getting bigger and bigger, then people start saying, "Hey, uh, he's the guy that we have to get behind." And, and I think there's two reasons for that, Wayne. Looking at the other candidates, I don't remember all of them, but I'm saying there's there's no way they would have Bernie Sanders would have beat the current occupant because he's already admitted that he's a democratic socialist. And the word socialist (laughs) just scares the hell out of everybody. (laughs) Number two, uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, people think that she's way too radical although her ideas are good for some people. And number three, um, Kamala Harris at the time in, in the um, uh, primaries, you know, people just didn't know that much about her. Okay. That's one mark. Cory Booker had all the tools but he is from the East Coast and so on, and he just never got any traction. Kamala Harris never got any traction. The person that was was in the beginning 
uh, Pete Buttigieg from yeah. uh, South Bend. He had a lot of a big following because he was the new guy on on the yep. campaign. Yeah. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, she just didn't. Ha- I don't know what it was. She just didn't have it. You know, she just didn't have that presidential moniker. You know what I mean? She just didn't have it. So I think people said, hey, look, these people aren't going to beat the current occupant. But we know him. Right, right. We, We know Joe. And he has been able to build. He's been able to build a coalition of people that says that he's not going to be batshit crazy. These other people we don't know about. We can trust him. <laughs> we know where he's, he's been in the Senate for, you know, over 40 years. He would be the best logical choice to run against the current occupant. Yep. So yep. when he, when Clyburn gave him that uh, endorsement, People fell in. This guy has got to be the person that we fall behind and support. Yep. And it was all because of Jim Clyburn. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Took off from there. And uh, you, you sort of, you know, um, South Carolina was huge. I mean, um, you know, the voting block there, a lot, lot of black folks in South Carolina. So Jim Clyburn got those folks energized. Um, and so it just took off from there. Uh, he cleaned up on Super Tuesday. Yep. Um, and it was Jim Catalyst endorsement. I mean, Jim Catalyst, Jim Clyburn's endorsement was the catalyst, as you said, for uh, for kicking that in action. And and and, and I want to segue here. You, you mentioned you sort of alluded to some of the things uh, as to why people voted for Biden. I mean, why did people come out and vote for Biden? You've alluded to some of those things and the fact that this guy, we know this guy, you know, we, we, we know his track record per se. And I don't think it hurt him that he was the, the second in charge to the first black president. I yep. don't think that hurt him at all. He had clout. Yeah, it, it gave him clout. And so, um, so, you know, beyond that, what else do you think caused people to vote for Joe Biden? Well, he's he's got heart. You know, he's empathetic. Everybody uses that term empathetic. I just like to say this. He gives a shit about the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, empathetic. Yeah, yeah. Some people understand it. But he gives a shit about the American people. Yeah. He cares. He cares about you as an individual, even though he may not know you, if he met you, you would feel comfortable with him because that's his character. Right. That's how he carries himself. That's how he's always been. It's 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 not something that he just does to make people happy. It's his personality. Right, you know, right. it's his character. You know, it's it's that person that you see walking down the street that sees a piece of trash on the street, picks it up and throws it in the trash can, knowing that nobody's watching him. Right, right. That's Joe Biden. Yeah. And we don't have any of that from the current occupant. 
He doesn't know what any of that is because he only sees himself through himself, through his family. He does not have that character that that has. and people who supported him sees that. And there were a lot of people that were voting that voted for the current occupant in the last election. And they basically said his character is not good enough for us. I voted for the Republicans the past 12 elections. I cannot vote for the current occupant because of his character this right. time. Right. Joe's character, we trust. Joe's character, we know. That's who I'm sticking with. That's who I'm riding with. I'm riding with Biden. Right, right. No, I have, I have, I have to agree with you. Um, I think, I think as, as basic as you can get, I think Joe Biden is a good man. He is a good man, um, driven by faith, driven. Uh, and you said, man, char- character's a lot. Character counts for a lot, man. And, and you, you listen to a lot of folks. You talk to a lot of folks who voted for the current occupant. They seem to dismiss that character aspect. Yes. You know, and I'm like, the two go hand in hand. You, you, you can't separate the two. And so we've seen for four years what the lack of character has done to this country. The the person in the top leadership position, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're a coach, you're a teacher, or whatever. If your character is suspect, that seeps down in to whatever institution you're in charge of. And people play or they act accordingly based upon your character. And that's what we're seeing in the country now. That, that's why we're in the shape we're in now. Biden has, as you say, the, what you describe, someone walking down the street, nobody's around. They pick up that that piece of paper, throw it in the trash. That's called integrity. Who are you when nobody's looking? <laughs> you know, yep. and Biden is who he is when nobody's looking. He is still that same guy. And so I, I think people look at that and they're like, one, we want to restore decency to the White House. We want to restore decency to the office of the presidency. And with this guy, we know we're going to get that in droves because we know who this guy is. Number two, I I think people voted for him. There is a lot of division in the political parties. I think he was the one guy of all the people you named. I I like Elizabeth Warren. I liked Elizabeth Warren. Like you said, she, she has a lot of great ideas. People say she's too radical, but I liked Elizabeth Warren. But I don't know if Elizabeth Warren could reach out and talk to as many people as Joe Biden can, you know, on both sides in both houses of Congress. I don't think he could. I don't think she could do that as well as he can, um, you especially know, especially in the especially in the Senate when right, he has right. a relationship with Yertle. Yes. Yes. That you is know. that is huge. They, they're they're considered very friendly with each other. And to me, that counts for a lot. I, I can see him picking up the phone, you know, when it comes to stalemates on things. I could see Biden picking up the phone, say, hey, Mitch, we need to talk. What We got to work this out. You and I, what can we do to work? I see that happening. And I see that relationship happening in a lot of other situations. So that's a bonus, too. I think people looked at that like, this guy can bridge the gap. 
and maybe diffuse a lot of this fighting and bickering over things and whatnot. And and truly, I think Biden is going to hold a lot of these people accountable who have been, you know, stifling progress on a lot of things to help the American people. I think he's going to hold them accountable and saying, look, I'm here to work for the people. Are you here to do the same thing? I need to know. Yes or no. If you say you're here to support the American people, then let's work together to get it done. I think I think he's going to hold people accountable to that level. And, and you are going to see some change, I hope. We pray and that a lot that of the happens. things that, that yes. people yeah, I think a lot of the things that people need, you know, to get themselves back on their feet, small businesses get back on their feet, uh, getting folks a living wage, et cetera, maintaining health care. I think he is going to be able to say, look, in my in my speech, I said, I'm here to work for all Americans. Are you? Yes or no. Put up or shut up. And and, and I'm hoping that's the way it goes. And and we see some change, man, uh, to, to what's going on in this country. And, and people are truly now you, you want to serve the American people. Well, let's let's do it. Let you right. and I work together to do it. You Put know? up or shut up. Put up or shut up. And so um, I, I think that's, you know, to echo some of your sentiments, I, I think folks felt this is the guy I think we can trust. Now, there there was a candidate in the primaries that I really liked. He didn't hang in there long enough. And that's Wachstro, um, uh, who I really like. Yeah. I think I think he's going to be a player somewhere down the line. He may end up in Biden's administration. I don't know in some role. I like Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg. I think he's going to play a role in Biden's administration. There are some some good young talented people out there that I think, and this is just me thinking. In as he goes about these next four years, I think he's going to take this opportunity to groom a lot of people. To be ready to lead in 2024, and that starts with Kamala. I think I think he's going to show her the ropes beyond. She's a senator, but I think he's going to show her the ropes of some things that she may not be aware of in Washington because he's been in different uh, settings. He's been the VP. He's he's done her job. I think he's going to groom her to where four years from now she's going to be a force. And a lot of these other people, I think he's going to put them in positions to groom them, share his knowledge, expose them to things so that when these four years come about, you're going to see another cadre of awesome young professionals ready to take the mantle and and move the country forward. So that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, We'll see. We'll see if that holds true or not. But um, people, I think, character meant a lot this time. Character, honesty, decency. Uh, it, to me, I think it meant a lot, and I think people voted for that, just yep. as you said, as you alluded to. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so to segue off of that, um, do you believe Jim Clyburn endorsed him? Black folks in a lot of these metropolitan areas, Philly, Milwaukee, Atlanta, uh, Pittsburgh, um, uh, Phoenix, uh, you know, that that the, the votes were coming in in those large metropolitan areas where you have a lot of population of black folks. Do you think that this administration 
owes the black community anything for propelling them to victory. <laughs> I think it's it's not an old. I think it's um, he's going to reward them. Okay, he's going to reward them. I, if you want to say that he owes them something, yeah. you can say that. But I think he's going to reward those people or those leaders in those communities that helped him get to where he's at. Okay. He said it in his acceptance speech uh, Mm. the other night, you know, you've had my back through the whole process. Now I'm going to have your back. Okay. So I think he's going to make sure that his administration looks like the America that we have today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's not going to have just one token uh, in his cabinet. Okay. He's he's going to uh, do what's best for the minority community: black, Asian, Hispanic. You know, the entire minority groups. And he will use. I feel he will use. His power as president and the uh, legislature to help folks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, hopefully, we can get the uh, those two Senate seats in Georgia uh, won by Democrats, and then that would literally uh, reap many more benefits as well. But does he owe the black community? I think he's going to reward the black community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, without without the black women yes. uh, in South Carolina, the black folks of South Carolina and black folks who 87 percent of all black people that voted, voted for uh, Joe, then uh, I, he's going to do that. Right, even right. even where he lives in Wilmington, Delaware, he's always been around black folks. Right, right. He's he's, he's represented mostly black folks in, in Wilmington. Right, right. So he's going to do what's normal. Right, right. Okay. Again, uh, yeah, yeah. And again, I I think even if they don't get those two Senate seats uh, in Georgia, if they don't get those two seats, the Republicans will still have control of of the Senate. But I think he is persuasive enough. He is a relationship builder. I think he I think he can work with with Mitch because of their friendship. At some point, friendship has to mean something. Right. And and even though, you know, there was an old adage in sports, you and I are friends. We we hang out. But but when we step between the lines, we're battling. You know what I'm saying? But there's an air of respect there in that battle. And I think that. The mutual respect that both these guys have for each other, I think they're going to be able to say, look, what what can we do to meet in the middle here and get something done for the people in this country who are truly in need? The small businesses, people out of out of work, they can't pay the rent, et cetera. You know, what can we do to do that? Uh, that's how that's how I see this playing out, because of that. I, you don't throw away. You know, years and years of friendship that they've had. You don't throw that away just because he's the president now and you want to stifle this guy. I think it's a different situation than what it was with Obama. 
uh, when the very, you know, he's elected and then they're meeting to say, we got to shut this guy down after one year. You know, I think it's different. This is a different setting. I and agree I with that. I agree with now? that. But I would, I agree with everything that you're saying. Yes. However, there's one big difference. And we start seeing it within the last couple of months or so. And that is, even though that Biden has a good relationship with uh, Mitch McConnell and the Lindsey Grahams and the Chuck Grassleys and so on, that's not the group that he's going to have to worry about. Because suddenly, remember that Tea Party group? Yes. They're still out there. Yeah. And the Tea Party group didn't want to do anything with spending money. Now, when the current occupant went got in there and he spent that $3 trillion on the wealthy businesses in corporate America, now suddenly they don't want to spend any money. Right, right. And those Tea Party people, they suddenly, seeing that the current occupant is on his way out, they're suddenly going to rear up their their heads again. So the relationship that Mitch has is going to be challenged from within his own Senate because of those people that are uh, that were representing the Tea Party, the Jim Jordans and uh, that that group who don't want to do a damn thing about uh, helping the people out. And, wow. and, and Mitch is a bean counter. Yeah. He, he, he counts votes. And Joe can go to him, Kamala can go to him and say, hey, these are the things he want to get accomplished. And those people over there now, since they're not under the thumb or they're are afraid of the tweets of the current occupant, they can now go back to doing what they did, did before. And that is the fact that they want to not spend any money on anything or anybody, not, even if it means to help the American people. That's the one thing I know I interjected right there. No, that's the one good. that's the one thing that uh, Biden has to be concerned about. Not so much Mitch, but those other guys in the in yeah. the Senate. No, that that's a that is a valid point. Um, you know, they they spent like crazy here with the with the current occupant in in, in charge. Um, I, I'm hoping better um, better souls prevail. And and people see that, you know, we, we got to do something. We just can't sit by and allow people to suffer. I'm, I'm hoping, again, we're back to character. We're back to having empathy. I'm hoping some of these folks find <laughs> some of that. You know, Good I'm luck hoping, with that, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they find it that, you know what, this is not the time to be, um, you know, standing on your principles so much that you can't see people are suffering. Uh, you've got yours. You're doing good. But there are people suffering and you have the power to make it better and you want to turn your back on it now. You don't want to spend anything uh, because there's a new king in charge. So, um, you know, that's that's crap. Character is this. You know, the next president should choose the next Supreme Court judge. What happened to that character? Right. Right. Just saying. Right. Yeah. We, we, we can, we can, yeah, we, we can, we can call, 
we can call what it is what it is because we saw it, you know, <laughs> that uh, suddenly uh, principles went out the window. Um, you you pretty much said, oh, we can do whatever we want. It's it's we're not doing anything against the Constitution, you know. But you held that up four years prior that oh oh we we're not going to do this so close to another. You're talking about a year out from the president being you know elected, a new president being elected, and you you wouldn't do it. Here. But it's okay to do it in a few weeks. I mean, yeah, yeah. So so much for character in that regard. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, we're a little bit past the top of the hour, so let's 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 wrap up with our with our final topic. Actually, one more topic. I want to throw something else out after we finish this topic. So, now that the results are in, we have a president elect, we have a vice president elect, we actually have Madam Vice President now, which has a a really nice ring to it. It's been a long time coming. Uh, the U.S. Is, is making the curve. They're making the turn. You know, we got a female vice president. Hopefully the days are not long to where we have Madam President. You know, uh, yeah. I, I think we, we, we need to we need to get on that. You know, we all these other industrialized nations in the world have had female prime ministers, presidents. And here we are. It's 2020, 240 something years of the history of this country, we've had one black president and one black uh, female VP. Um, so we, we need we need to correct that, and we need to work hard at doing that in the years to come. But uh, it's great great that history is being made in in that aspect. So now that the results are in, we know where we're going. We we know who the next administration is going to be. Um, how do you think? The current occupant lost uh, lost his uh, his way here, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it with three words: COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> uh, his inept in dealing with the crisis is how he lost his way. Uh, him not wanting to take charge of the situation and deny the fact that this virus is killing America. By the time that he is out of office officially, whether he is at the White House or not, by the time that he's out, there's going to probably be over 300,000 deaths. Yep. And he said that it is not his responsibility. Yep. You know, this whole thing could have changed if he would have dealt with that issue. There, I think there would be more people that would support him, that would have supported him, if he would have dealt with that issue straight up and up front. However, yeah. being the denying denial Bob that he is, that's come back to bite him. And justification from all those people, the nine million people that has contracted COVID and the 230 some people that have died, all of those spirits, all those lives were just as responsible for his demise than anything else. 
they they may not have been here to mail in a ballot or vote in person. They voted with their lives and their lives were taken. And as a result, his office has been taken away because of the lives lost yep. due to COVID-19. Yep. Now, I agree with you. I, I, that, is, that is a poignant point. Uh, when, when this all came out January, and now that we know, he knew about it in January, February, you know, from the interview with Bob Woodward, how, how dangerous he knew this was. And I think it was his national security advisor said, man, this is going to be the biggest uh, issue of your presidency for you to deal with. And I think at that time, if he had come before the country, I, I, Cynthia and I were talking and I said, you know, what, what if JFK back in the 60s had knew he knew about the missiles the Russians were building in Cuba and he knew about that and uh, didn't say anything about it. He didn't want to panic the American people. So he didn't yeah. say anything about it. And then lo and behold, um, we get nuked. Florida gets nuked and boom, it's, it's like, but, but you knew about this and you said nothing. Th- this is what this was akin to in my yeah. view. Yeah, this is what this is akin to the you know Bay of Pigs and all that stuff, you know. Kennedy stood up and like, look, folks, we got a problem. This is serious. This is what's going on. This is how we're going to deal with it. That's leadership. If he had came out and said, folks, we got this deadly virus. It's here. We got to deal with it. I am mandating that everyone wear masks. I am mandating that we do testing. I'm mandating that we do contact tracing. Uh, ma'am, I'm going to enforce the uh, the act to, to get all these companies to start producing PPE. Boom, boom, boom. I'm in charge. If he'd have done that, he'd probably he probably would still be uh, getting ready to, you know, I don't have to move my stuff out of the White House. <laughs> you know? He would probably been reelected. But no, you mocked it. Oops. The Democrats fabricated this to get rid of me. As you said, no, I'm not responsible. (laughs) I'm not responsible. And if you are responsible, who is? Who is? You know, and it was all the lies that not only he told, but other people told on his behalf every day, you know, spreading around these conspiracy theories. So I think one of his rallies, he said, all these people want to talk about is COVID, COVID, COVID. Hell yeah, we want to talk about COVID. People are dying. Yeah. And you, sir, are asleep at the wheel. So, yes, that was his Waterloo. COVID was his Waterloo. And uh, he has no one to blame but himself and all his sycophants that were following right behind him, echoing that same foolishness that COVID is, ah, this, 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 is this ain't nothing. You know, ask Herman Cain if this was <laughs> nothing. Yeah. You know, they didn't even give Hermie Kane any respect. This man died after coming to one of your rallies, not wearing a mask. And the man died a few weeks after that. But they, they didn't even mention Herman Kane. Never mentioned his name. Never mentioned his name. And so, yeah, COVID is your Waterloo. And the reason why, you know, the, 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 the U-Haul truck or the rental truck is going to be backing up to the White House. On January the 20th, COVID is the reason. I, I am I firmly believe that. No other case. You can't say the economy. You inherit the economy 
from the previous administration. It was booming. And because of your ineptitude dealing with COVID, the economy went to went down the toilet. You know, people don't have jobs. Small businesses are closing. Yada, we can go down the list. COVID is the reason. So um, I'm sorry. I don't feel empathetic toward this dude whatsoever, man. All you had to do was show a little leadership, show a little leadership. And you might still be in the White House. You still (laughs) might be in the White House. But uh, I think uh, Biden is he's got plans. He's going to, um, you know, start his own Corona task force tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I've seen some of the names who are going to be on that task force. And I think he's going to tackle this with with zeal and and vigor. And he's going to try to make a difference. And he's going to allow Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and a lot of these other Dr. Redfield, a lot of these folks who know infectious diseases and what it takes. He's going to let them speak. And get us back into the WHO. I mean, stupid stuff, man. Just sabotage this guy when it came to COVID nineteen. The only you know? the, the only thing that I see that can possibly be an issue is that for the past eleven months, ten months, the current occupant has not mandated a mask. Yep. And now when he comes in and uh, Biden comes in and say, hey, we want everybody to, to wear a mask, he better come up with a way of enforcing that because all those people who went to all those rallies that didn't wear masks, they're going to say, this is infringing on my rights and you can't do this, and they're not going to put those masks on. Two reasons. Number one, to protest the current occupant getting beat, and number two, because they haven't been held responsible either. The the thing that, that gets me, Wayne, is the fact that if you go into Costco's, if you go into Walmart, if you go into CVS, if you go into Lowe's, if you go into um, Super King, if you go into Publix, if you go into Home Depot, all of those businesses mandate you wear a mask. Yep. Now, all of those people who shop in those places that are sycophants of the current occupant, they can put those damn masks on when they go to Walmart or McDonald's or Burger King or Home Depot. So why in the hell can't they put it on when they ask you to do that? But that's what's going to happen. And I think that uh, there's going to have to be some way of enforcing this. Okay. Well, yeah, Some yeah. way in which, of course, they're going to say that, you know, this is violating my rights. The only other thing that I think could happen is that uh, Vice President or President-elect Biden says that all businesses mandate all masks. Yeah, I, that's, I think, yeah. That's, that's going to cut it back because yeah, they can't, I, I, they can't yeah. go in there unless they, unless they have a mask on. Right. Right. That's going to help a little bit. Right. He's going he's going to have to enlist the support of the governors and the mayors and in in a lot of these cities and towns and whatnot. He's got to have their support. And look, you know, to say, hey, businesses in your state, you know, it's you you come here, you have a mask on. Yeah. 
And I, I'm so sick of this. You're violating my rights crap. You know what? There's two sides to rights. You can say, well, you, you're infringing on my rights to wear this mask. Well, what about the person? It's their right to not want to get sick from sick. your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they have rights, too. So we, we need to get off this, man. You're violating my rights foolishness. Yes, we have rights in this country, but it doesn't mean you at the at the expense of yourself. You get to infringe on other people, man. It's a two way street. So um, I, I think I think and that's one of the things he's doing. He said he wants to call the governors and get the governor. I think you start with the governors like, look, in your state, we need to have mandatory mask in businesses in schools and whatever, whatever you have open, mandatory mask. We need to cut this down. If it's public, you know, and and that's where you start. And and maybe the governors, you know, they 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 flow that down. Maybe you start finding businesses that aren't upholding that. You know, you you get you get fined or something. I'm not sure, but I think it starts with the leadership that uh, to get this under control, we're going to have to have a mandatory mask policy in this country. Uh, you don't want it. You don't want to go into lockdown again. But we got to do something. And so I, I think that's going to be his approach is, is start with the governors, the governors. You talk to the mayors and say, look, any business you have big sign, you come in here, you have a mask on mm-hmm. and maybe you post a guard outside, whatever you show up with no mask. You're not getting in. You're not you're not coming up in here. And you can cry and bitch and complain all you want to about your rights are being violated. But what about the other people who don't want to get sick from you, who are doing the right thing? They have rights to. They have rights to. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. I I, think overall, Wayne, the fact that we've got a brand new funky president, as James Brown (laughs) say back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. And there are a lot of not only people in America, but there's a lot of people around the world that are breathing a sigh of relief as well. Because they can say now, hopefully America can get back to its leadership role and we can trust the United States of America again. Yep. 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 That's the bottom line. Yep. I do believe that to be true. Uh, I think the world now is like, oh, thank God, (laughs) you know, Uh, and you heard from some of the world leaders yesterday, you know, uh, congratulating the vice, the the vice president, the president elect being, you know, their administration coming on board. The one person you didn't hear from was Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, (laughs) I don't think he's too happy about this. Or the president of Slovenia who congratulated Donald on the um, the uh, re-election yeah, yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. But I think, I think Melania is from Slovenia. So. Right, right. She's from Slovenia. And <laughs> Putin's probably not happy because he's he, he going to lose his good thing now, you know. Um, but be, be, before I throw out this last topic, uh, before we wrap up tonight, um, from my perspective, I think— there, there. This in the, the current occupant bears watching. Whenever he does, whether he leaves the White House, he goes to Mar-a-Lago, whatever, he bears watching because, from my vantage point, he's a security risk. Mm-hmm. And I say that because he's already told us you're several multi-million dollars in debt to someone, to entities. You haven't said who those entities are. 
you've had access to highly classified information, national security information that's vital to this country. You had access to that. You haven't respected it, but you've had access to it. I would not trust him to to safeguard that information. Uh, You and I have been in the military. We signed certain agreements that what we see here stays here type type thing. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I don't trust him. If uh, the DNI is one of his boys, but the chief of the CIA, the director of NSA, um, you know, all these folks who are head of these intelligence, they need to watch this guy because I think he's a security risk. Just just how they treat the average citizen, that they're always worrying about you being compromised over certain things. If if this isn't someone that could be compromised. I don't know who couldn't, you know. Uh, so I think he bears watching. He bears watching. Yeah, and, and the the other thing that goes along with that, Wayne, is the fact that you've mentioned the uh, head of uh, national security, the CIA director, yeah. and FBI. Hell, he could fire them. Right. You know, right. and in the process of getting someone new, I mean, right. think within seventy days. 73 yeah. days, as a yeah, matter yeah, of fact. Days, yeah. Just think whoever replaces them going to have to go through the confirmation. So right. he could get rid of them and he could still sell those secrets to people. Right. So right. if right. I was uh, if I was the president elect, you know, the current occupant talks about, you know, Obama bugging him. Right. I damn sure would bug his ass right now. <laughs> Yeah, I put I'm, a bug on his phone. I'd put a bug yeah. in his car. I put a bug up his drawers if I yeah. had to, yeah. just to make sure that he doesn't sell right. uh, secrets to the people that he right. owes money to. Right. He he's in debt to someone. Uh, we don't know who, but you you you've got debt coming due in a few years in the in the in the in the mail multi millions, and. You know, you may not have as much money as you you claim and boast to have, and you're in a position. It's like, dude. I mean, man, they 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 treat the average citizen. Man, they look up your behind every five years just to make sure you haven't had a parking ticket. You know, so here you are at the highest level, and a lot of what he has has had access to. I know good and well. I know what he's had access to. Because that is the nature of my business. I know what he's had access to. I know what level he's been cleared to. And so that is, he is a security risk. Hate to say that. He is a risk. And they should treat him just like they do every other citizen who they know. Uh, One, um, should they pull his access? They they can't because, you know, he's going to be afforded certain privileges as a former president. Um, but, uh, he bears watching, he bears watching and that, and that's where I'll leave it. I won't say any more about it, but I feel very strongly about that, uh, that this guy is a risk. He is a risk. So I'll leave it at that. So sounds good. Want want to wrap up tonight, uh, with the fact that this Wednesday, November the 11th is veterans day. So we want to shout out um, all the folks who have served uh, this great nation. Uh, we want to thank them for their service. We want to thank you, my brother, for your service in the Coast Guard. 
uh, serving and uh, wearing the uniform of this nation. So we want to thank you for your service. All our friends in uh, E-Town, Hardin County, uh, who have served this nation, uh, whether it was Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, we thank you for your service uh, to this uh, great nation. So November the 11th, if you have an opportunity and you know a veteran, thank them for their service. And uh, I'm going to leave it there, my friend, for tonight. That's all I have. Uh, I appreciate any other, that. Any other closing comments from you, my brother? Yeah, I'd like to uh, thank you for your service as well. And I'd like to say, as you mentioned, Veterans Day is coming up next week on the 11th. And for all those people that are out there that are, are have served and feel that, you know, your service means something important to you, Make sure that you stand up. You know, I know I was walking this morning and I may have told you earlier that I uh, passed some some person's house that two days ago or three days ago had the current occupant sign in their yard. Mm -hmm. And today when I walked past their house, because I went on a five mile walk this morning, uh, I just happened to walk by there. And they had the American flag upside down in, in two places in their wow. in their yard. Wow. And if if the person would have been out there, I would have stopped them and said, look, you know, I'm a veteran of the United States Coast Guard. And because you're having a hissy fit about the outcome of the election, there's absolutely no reason why you should uh, denigrate the American flag. Right now, absolutely, uh, you'll do that, but you won't let Colin Kaepernick take a knee while the right. flag is standing upright. Right, right. So, right. you know, uh, as veterans go and so on, uh, I support all the veterans. And if you are veterans and you see this type of mess that's going on, uh, if you get a chance to to let people know uh, that what they're doing uh, offends you. Be 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 good in doing that. So, right, right. Um, th those are my thoughts, and it's a shame that um, for four years people had to deal with that, and it goes the other way, and then suddenly uh, the country that they love so much now they don't love so much because right, they do that right. they do that to the flag and so on. Right, so right, right. But you know, you you see that. I mean, that that's crap. And and most people, if you're listening and you you tune into the podcast and and you don't know what it means when the flag flag is flown upside down, it means that you know you're in distress. Um, is the country in distress? I'm not gonna say no. I don't think we're in distress. Do we have some issues to deal with? Absolutely. Right. But we're not in distress. And and again, you 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 do that, but you support this guy who called military men and women losers and suckers. And suckers. So, so how, how do you justify that? That's bullshit. That's bullshit, straight up. You, 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 you want to vote for this guy, but he denigrates military men and women by calling them losers and suckers. But it's okay for you to fly your flag upside down. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're slapping those folks in the face as well who died under that flag who served under that flag, you're denigrating them and slapping them in the face. But, you know, you're having a hissy fit, as you said, you're, you're, you're in your pity party. So uh, folks need to check themselves, man. They need to check themselves and, 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 and figure out, I mean, you know, as Biden said last night, 
we we just because we differ in opinion, it doesn't mean we have to be enemies. You know, we're all Americans. We're all That's Americans. That's right. That's right. Last, yeah, we're all Americans. So I'm hoping we can turn that page and get back on the fact that uh, we are a nation of many people. Many people have contributed to the fabric of this country. We need to recognize that. We need to live up to our creed. And and let's look for a brighter day. See each other, hear each other. Let's do better toward each other. So that's all as Forrest says. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> well, that's this has been a good, uh, interesting topic uh, discussion this, this week. And... Um, for you folks that are out there that want to tune in, please do so. Uh, if you have topics that we want to um, cover, please let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on um, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast. Um, we're on several platforms, so uh, we appreciate you listening to us. And um, with that, I'm going to give my last words of saying, Chiliamo Dopo. And I'm going to differ this week. I'm going to say here at Across the Tracks, we say it like we see it, like we see it. We're never going to stop doing that. Peace. <laughs>